Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast live from the spare bedroom in San Francisco, California, in front of 4,000 screaming fans live on Twitch.tv oh! and YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. I have no idea how many people are actually watching. I thought you were going to say in front of, live in front of Barrett. And live in front of Barrett. <laughs> Just leave it at Barrett. fantastic. Woo! Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I'm joined by yeah. the new face of video games, Blessing at AOYA Jr. Good afternoon, Tim. The master of hype snowbike, Mike. Tim Geddes, thanks for having me on yet another Gamescast episode. One of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. What's up, everybody? It's me, Greg Miller, and I'm excited to be here, Tim. And the Texas treat Latino heat clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. The globe trotting headshot and rooting, tooting, three point shooting nitro rifle from twitch.tv. Andy Cortez. Tim had such a heart to heart with me the other day where he was like, I can't believe. I was like, I'm going to do the full intro for Andy. And I messed it up immediately. I was so disappointed in myself. You kicked ass right Thank there, you. Tim. Thank you. I'm Tim, feeling the vibe right now. What's up, Greg? If you need to feel good about fucking up Andy's uh, uh, intro, mm -hmm. let me play for you right now, all right? After. We wrapped up Giant Bomb on Friday night. We had had a few. You know what I mean? <laughs> we climbed into the car. Me, Andy, Simon Cardi from IGN. My guy. And then uh, a developer from uh, Agro Crab, Nick. And I was at some point it came up that I mentioned that I had the microphone in my bag. And Cardi was like, let's do a podcast right now. Love it. And it is into Uber. I played it. I told Jen about it last night. I'm like, I know it ends awkwardly, and I, 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 it ends with me going, "Well, that's it. Now we can't post it because you said that." And Jen's like, "Let me hear it." And I played it through. She's like, "Yeah, you shouldn't post that." But the intro, I think, sets the tone pretty fine. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uber here, at Summer Game Face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of yours, Greg Miller, alongside the Sandberg Harvest. <laughs> 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 I fucking feel it though. Dude, I that, that night we took two Ubers, <laughs> and in our Uber, Uber. Uh, Tim got the door stuck in the concrete. <laughs> oh my God. Man, we got, I can't wait for a podcast to tell the stories because we had a. Blast. We got to get a kind of funny podcast Yo. on the books with everybody who wants Yeah, we're going to sure. have to figure out uh, a time to talk about all the shenanigans that went on this weekend because there were so many. We had such a great time hanging out in Los Angeles with, with us and with so many of our friends in the industry, whether it's publishers, developers, uh, marketing teams, PR people, or other games media. We hung out with Giant Bomb a whole bunch. If you want more kind of funny content there's so much stuff you can check out you should check out giant bomb we all had multiple appearances on um their their different couch setups throughout the night major shout out to of course tam lucy the entire team over there and jeff grubb who oh really really killed really kicked ass man like really made this whole week something very special and had an amazing place for so many people in games media to be able to get together and either make content for you guys to watch at home or for us to be able to hang out in the other room and bond and connect and, and talk about all the things we've been playing about like we're about to do for you 
right now because this is the kind of funny games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them of course you could watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we will be right there for you if you want to support the show even more and help us continue to put on the best quality content we possibly can you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producer delaney twining has done thanks to all of your support over there Thank we get you. to do all this cool stuff and i want to give another shout out to um Honey and Rocket Money, who are sponsoring this episode, as well as Amazon Gaming and Summer Game Fest. You can go to Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest to discover the top new and upcoming games, but we'll tell you more about that later. This is it, y'all. We just spent the last couple days in Los Angeles, essentially from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., all playing a whole bunch of video games, being able to go behind closed doors to see um, games, to play some games, whole bunch of cool stuff. All of us played different things. Some of us played a couple of the same things, but I'm looking at a list here and I'm like, wow, we played about 30 games total, maybe even more, saw even more, lots of breakdowns. So what we're gonna do right now is go person by person and we're gonna just choose what game we wanna talk about. Doesn't need to be good, doesn't need to be bad, doesn't need to be anything in between. I will set the stage right now and say, I don't want to speak for everybody. This might be the single greatest event that I've ever been at where I'm like, I played so many games and I don't think I didn't like any of them. Like, I feel like every single thing, the level of quality was really high. Maybe some I wasn't as high on, but I was like, wow, this was a fantastic event when it comes to the quality of games. I had the exact same thought where I was like, wow, this is every single demo I've done. I've enjoyed right to different length, different extents, but I've enjoyed every single thing up until the last demo I did. Oh. Bad demo. I'll oh. talk about that later. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Can I say something really quick? Yeah. Shout out to Jeff Keeley for putting on one hell of an event. Like, of truly, course. honestly, thank you for the invite. Thank you, Greg and Tim and the whole team here for allowing us to all go down. But, like, man, this was something really special. Great job, all the developers there. Thanks for having us. Agreed. Yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. But I'm right there with you, Tim, of everything I played on my list, right? Like, it is, I just tweeted uh, everything we saw and loved. And it's like, I didn't realize Blessing had one he didn't love. But for me personally, it was all these things of like, to varying degrees, I would play all these games. Like, I didn't play anything like, oof, this isn't even it. And some of the things we did play are still embargoed, and some of those I think are some of the biggest surprises for me personally, but mm -hmm. we'll get to that at a different show. Yeah, that's exciting. Any opening thoughts, Andy? Um, yeah, I think it was such a fun time to just hang around with people we don't often get to see, to uh, talk to people in the industry that, you know, you would have never assumed watch any of your stuff and they bring up some sure. random thing they saw on the internet. You're like, wow, that's really, really cool because I respect so many other people here. Maybe they don't respect me, like, but like... They saw like, you. They didn't yeah, say they, they saw me. You. They saw me, they walked up and they said hi. <laughs> it, it was it's just, still crazy Todd Howard listens to Kind of Funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> all that stuff is just really, really neat. Um, yeah, again, just seeing familiar faces that, you know, it's been so long since I've been to something like this where it's pretty much a gigantic part of the industry all coming together to uh you walk into a demo room and you're like wow i know like so many people yeah. in this demo room this is like really exciting and you can just it's palpable you walk out of the demo room you play that game you all walk out together and it's just this sort of uh this congregation of like holy shit that game was incredible i can't believe we all got to experience that um yeah i thought it was a great time it was Nice and cozy and well-structured. Yeah, they, they really kicked ass over there. So I want to start with something incredible. What are one of the, what's, who thinks that they have something they're like, I want to lead with this because this is a big one. I will. 
Go, Greg. It's, you know, the video I put up on TikTok, thanks to Roger and everything else in social media around the globe, whether it be Instagram or uh, the old Twitter, right? And it's the fact that Alan Wake 2 is now my most anticipated game of the year, which is crazy to say with Spider-Man 2 on the horizon. Um, I think we saw Alan Wake 2 at various different places, right? But we saw it most recently uh, in the one event, in the one trailer, right? And I was like, all right, this looks cool. There's a deer in there. There's this big man who busts through the wall. Awesome. You know, I, I come from the camp of... Alan Wake, the original, never connected for me. Uh, I tried playing it back in the day as a contemporary when I was at IGN and people liked it and it just didn't work for me, even as a horror fan. And then, of course, when they put out the remaster not so long ago, same thing, popped in. This I'm going to give it the ch- college try. I'm going to see, yeah, just isn't working for me, bounced out of it. So being a fan of Remedy, right, uh, of course, I love Control. Love Control. Had such a great time with Quantum Break. I go back to Max Payne being a huge influence on me when I was playing games on my PS2 back home. Um... I want to love Alan Wake too, but I had seen the stuff and like, oh, well, if I didn't like the first one, am I going to like this one? And they've talked about survival horror. They've talked about a few of the differences in it. But to get to do the behind closed doors uh, preview for it, which as you watch this trailer, and if you aren't watching, it's the trailer you've seen, was that gameplay section, but then it was also the before and also the after, and really taking you through this mission uh, as Saga, right? The female FBI agent you've seen so much in the thing, and seeing it from her perspective, and seeing her and her partner, uh, played by Sam Lake, or at least his face is Sam Lake, uh, talk about the fact of like, yo, we're just cops, but now we, we gotta actually go after monsters? Like, that's a monster monster. Like, this back and forth dialogue, it was so a mashup of True Detective, which I know people have said before already about it, it was such a matchup of, I want to toss in The Outsider from HBO, the yeah. Jason Bateman show, right? Where like it was normal people being like, this is supernatural. What is going on and what are we doing with it? And of course, I think there's just, so, it, it was also um, Mindhunter, right? There's like all these different things in it that I think are very interesting cop dramas or whatever contemporary things that also made it its own wholly unique thing right where it is alan wake it is use the flashlight to burn off the darkness to shoot the enemy to take them out but on top of that casting us as a new character in this world seeing her experiment uh, experience it to see how alan wake intersects with it the actual character of alan wake in the game right the pages they're finding some of the stuff they start doing where it's like are we in dual reality we know we're in dual realities right of all these different things of saga being her world alan being in the dark place like Watching this, I was like, as soon as it ended, I was like, I need this game. Like, I want to play this game. It is not Alan Wake 2 in terms of, like, it's what you did in Alan Wake 13 years, 15 years ago, whatever it was. It is now a completely different survival horror experience, and I think they're going to crush it. I I came out, and I told Andy, like, They've learned from control. They are using the same kind of like font, like bah, it like pops up there. And then they're doing so many fascinating things in it that I think are going to, again, make it feel like, if you remember years ago now, but while I kind of funny, I tweeted out like, man, I want a detective game. What should I get into? And a whole bunch of different things came up and I eventually picked Judgment to go back to. And I enjoyed myself, but even that, I didn't feel like a detective. There's a, there is a gameplay mechanic in this game called The Mind Place, where at any point in the game, you can hit a button as Saga and go basically to her into her head, which is visually represented as like you're in a cabin or maybe her apartment or whatever it is. But it has on the wall, right, the corkboard and the clues you found in the game strung together with red string and, like, you know, the note saying, like, the murderer, the, you know, whatever, Nightingale, what do you know? And, like, having questions that you then, as they showed in the demo, play through, find clues, discover new information that you go and then put on the board to stitch it together, which I think is such a brilliant move to really keep you engaged. And if you did put the game down for two weeks and came back, be able to catch up on what's going on. They have this whole thing of uh, this profiling mechanic where while you're in the mind place, you can go and like 
experience new things through the eyes of who you're investigating or whatever, and then get the clues to get the thing. Like, it seems like there's actual, like, detective legwork happening in here in a way that L.A. Noir didn't do exactly the way I wanted to, but got close. These other games have. Like, I think this game is going to be a colossal hit in terms of nailing, hey, this is a supernatural detective thing like you've probably maybe wanted if you've been watching these other shows I already ranted about. I, I regret not putting this uh, on my scheduling thing. Because, like, I heard not only Greg glowing about it, but I feel like when I walked out, everybody that we know had only incredible things to say about it when it comes to presentation and production value and just overall tone and mood that they're setting in this game. Like, I, I remember telling Greg, like, eh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't play scary games. You know, don't put me down for that one. But, the, but I but I love all the HBO shit you mentioned. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. love that super, like, is it supernatural? Something weird here is happening and it is still kind of horrifying, but it's all tense and like having that suspense. And they also mentioned seven as one of their uh, influences. Ooh. Like they just kind of nailed everything that they were going for. And that was my, uh, Tim, this is number one of my big summer, summer game fest regret. Yeah. Number I'm two, not drinking enough water. I'm right there with you where I was talking <laughs> I was having multiple conversations with people that were talking about it and yeah it seems like one of the more popular picks for a possible game of the show and I think you know a, a game at a um, event like this is is had a great demo when it is you had two people talking and they're talking about like oh dude remember this moment in the demo and like one of, I, I think might have been Danny Pena or somebody who was like dude when I got to that first jump scare like dude remember and having those kind of conversations where it is you're reminiscing about something you played hours ago with somebody yeah. else I think that's when you got something special in terms of a demo and it's another one like you know again if you're well first off you bring up Danny I didn't realize Danny was such an Alan Wake fan like when mm -hmm. I talked to him it was definitely popping the cork on this pent up Alan awake energy. So we got to get him on for hundred percent. I was talking him he'll be panel. on the review for sure. But it's that idea too, of like that was asked in our demo of like, well, if you didn't play one or you didn't play the control DLC, right? The AWE, the Alan wake event, like, are you going to be lost? And they were like, no, this is meant to be a jumping on point. Of course, if you played the other things, you're it's the remedy connected universe. You're going to get more out of this, but you could jump in and kind of be in the boots of saga and kind of figure this all out as you go. I thought that was rad. You know, and again, as glowing as I am, I do think it's worth pointing out. I had multiple conversations with different people. Like, you know, some of the writing seemed clunky. Some of the performance seemed a little clunky here and there. But with the writing being clunky, there was, like, parts where we were debating afterwards of, like, well, are they leaning into, like, Alan, is this, if this is Alan Wake writing Saga's story, or however this fucking weird story is going to go, right, then the fact that the cop, like, the Sam Lake cop is talking like a cliche makes sense because he's, like, bitching about his ex-wife and all this. It's, like, it kind, that would kind of make, like, so it's, like, it's an, you know, as with any Remedy game, it's going to be a total mindfuck as you play through this and try to figure it out, but I can't wait. Bless. Let's go to you next. What do you want to talk about? I want to start off with some Mortal Kombat 1. Oh, thank you. I, I want to say I got some regrets because I, I didn't get to see Mortal Kombat. I didn't get to see Alan Wake. And those are the two that I'm like, oh, man, the talk yeah. of the town. So town, anybody talk about it. Talk of the town. Yeah, so uh, I got to see this one with the one and only Andy Cortez. Uh, they walked, it to, in, walked us into a room where they did, like, the gameplay presentation. And then they let us actually have, get our hands on it for about 30 minutes or so. And then we turn around like, oh, I have Ed Boon right there. Yeah, the yeah. like, after the, demo, <laughs> after the demo happened, I stood up, turned around, and, like, literally, like, Right there is Ed Boo, and I'm like, oh, oh, snap. Um, but man, like starting off with the, the presentation they gave us, 
I knew it was a great presentation when we got to moments where the crowd is cheering, right? Where people are like, oh, man. Oh, wow, that looks good, right? And there's, there was one guy in our demo that was going fucking crazy the whole time. But, but like, throughout the whole... Throughout the was whole, it hip-hop gamer? It was, it was 100% hip-hop gamer. It was hip-hop gamer. And it was, like, in the smallest, like, most, like, dark room. And so it's all of us paying attention to this, to this presentation and hip-hop gamer just like, oh, let's fucking go. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't help but audibly say at multiple moments i fucking can't believe yeah. this like yeah, yeah. Sure. this just looks way too good to be true you and, know and then we sit down to actually play the game and me and andy are at the same chaos uh, kiosk and actually playing with each other and from the moment we start navigating through the menus and pick our characters and you know you pick your characters you pick your cameo fighters and then you do like this clash where the fighters um like come up close to each other like the kind of like the clash from injustice too but it's just for the opening this time around they do that they say their lines and they separate and it's time to fight and they do that all without loading it's all seamless and one of the notes i have here is that this game looks graphically insane like all of this looks fantastic the uh environments in the background look great we got to play in two different levels if you're watching the video right we got to play in this level right here and then also we had um johnny cage's condo that we got to play in and just everything about it visually really stuck out. Um, but then when we're talking about the gameplay, the big new feature that they're adding here is the cameo system, which is what is making what is turning Mortal Kombat into an assist fighter. And they've pretty much injected that DNA into all the different mechanics. And so when you're playing the game in terms of how it moves, in terms of how the combos link together and all this stuff, it feels like Mortal Kombat. It feels like Mortal Kombat 10. It feels like Mortal Kombat 11. But the cameo system goes a long way into making it feel feel fresh in quite a few ways when you do a grab your cameo fighter is coming through and it's kind of like this tag team type move that you're doing when you do an x-ray right your fatal blow your your um cameo fighter is coming through and you know getting the first hits on that x-ray and then tagging out and then you come in and you hit the final blows right the cameo fighter the fighters are injected into pretty much every major mechanic which I think it's fun. I think it's a cool way to differentiate it. But then you get into the actual moment to moment of the fights themselves. And um, you're calling upon your cameo fighter with the press of a button. It's Smash Brothers style where, you know, you do neutral R1 and your cameo fighter doesn't move. You do left, right, or up R1. And there are different moves tied to each of those directions. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. And so it expands your moveset by a lot, right? You, you could have, let's say you have uh, Sonya as your as your cameo character. You, I, I I'm just going to make up directions, but you press, let's say, up R1, and she has, like, an anti-air where she comes up and kicks somebody, like, who's high up, right? Or if you press R1 right, she might have a projectile that she throws out. And so you're basically, you basically have this arsenal of special moves on top of the moves that you have already, which opens things up by a lot. You can co connect different combos by doing that as well, where, um, you know, when me and Andy were playing and just messing around with the controls, I would do an uppercut and then call a cameo fighter to then hit him out of the air after uppercutting, right? You can do that sort of thing as well. Um, the fighters that we got to use were Sub-Zero, Kenshi, Liu Kang, and uh, Katana. And then the cameo fighters we had were uh, Kano, Jax, and Sonya. And in the presentation, they mentioned that, you know, you can mix and match however you want with main fighters and cameo fighters. You can have... Some characters might be both, right? Maybe you have a Sub-Zero as a main fighter and a Sub-Zero as a cameo fighter. And all that plays into the theme of the game being this really interesting, really weird timeline thing where Liu Fire God Liu Kang is remixing the timeline. Um, and yeah, like from everything we played, I cannot wait for it. Like I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway, my two biggest takeaways are, God, this game looks good. Like this game looks fantastic. And this is the first Mortal Kombat game that's being developed exclusively for uh, PS5 and the new gen consoles. And so um, it, it is a gorgeous looking game. And then also you have like 
the backgrounds that look fantastic and then you can uh, change those between day and night which is a really cool thing um but then also yeah the cameo system feels like it is their big new thing that so far i really like for my time playing it but andy you played it with me what are your thoughts Uh, i mean again i'm not somebody who generally gravitates towards fighting games that i know i need to play the prior iteration of mortal Kombat, primarily because they are telling stories in a very cool way that i don't feel like a lot of fighting games do i'm used to going through story mode on on as ryu and at the end you get the the screenshot and like hey i i saved world war ii i don't know like some it's always like, weird <laughs> bullshit like that it's a crown um, shot Lou. uh but but in in i know mortal kombat kind of goes above and beyond to tell these stories and i like no amount of 4k capture footage can do this shit justice of just how good it looks there was so much care put into all these like character models. I know that their character art team has always been so stellar, but it is even it's even more on display here, knowing that they have extra power that they can use on these uh, higher powered consoles. I when they're uh, the gameplay you're watching, me and Bless playing, I'm shitty. Like that's yeah. why like that oh, dude. gameplay wasn't super engaging, right? But the stuff that they were showing us in the actual presentation room. I just like I can't wait to see this played at Evo. I can't wait to see mm-hmm. like pros kind of playing around with what you can do uh, with all these different combo movesets. They showed some of these characters mixing it up in ways that were just like awe-inspiring to see. This game kicks so much ass, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, one of, one of my biggest regrets is not booting up MK11 or M- MK10 to like, get re-familiarized with the controls. Because let me tell you, after playing a lot of Street Fighter Six and then hopping into Mortal Kombat 1 for a 30-minute demo, that it did not work out. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, how do I do that? Oh, man, the timing is different. Oh, man, this game feels different. But it, it, it that works to its benefit, right? In a, in a year that, you know, has two at least two major fighting games coming out, right? Who knows when Tekken 8 comes through? Um, yeah, like having Mortal Kombat be the the on the opposite side of things than Street Fighter 6 is going to help them both have their own identities and to your point about what they're doing story-wise I think it's really fun um one of the things that I thought was really cool with uh Fire God Liu Kang of course in Mortal Kombat 1 coming off of the end of Mortal Kombat 11 Raiden, Raiden just a guy now right he lost his god powers Liu Kang is now sort of the god just of man. We're, we're just normal men I'm just <laughs> just normal men Fire God has taken over the role the role of being that uh god of earth realm right and when you're using Liu Kang, his moveset reflects the fact that he is now a god, right? And so you're doing, um, like, instead of the, the bicycle kick that you see Liu Kang does, he does kind of like an enhanced one. And then, um, like, that has sort of a different flair to it where he's using his god powers with it. But the thing that blew me away was um, I accidentally used one of his special moves and it ended up being the, um, like, the phase teleport that Raiden has. Like, Raiden has, like, the, oh, cool. you know, you, like... Uh, your body phases down and then up and you're, like, teleporting back and forth. Liu Kang has that now because Liu Kang is the god now right so that's his power and it had it has me very excited to see oh what other ways are these characters remixed like you know the um, ed boon mentioned sub-zero and scorpion being brothers is that going to reflect in their moveset right are they going to be like the new noob and smoke how what are the things you're going to do to really make mortal Kombat fresh and mess around with our preconceived notions of who these characters are i'm very excited to see what that is you know, I've always been a Street Fighter guy, and mm. uh, we talked about this in our Street Fighter Six review with uh, you and Cobb, but I was saying that as Street Fighters kind of progressed from back what it used to be with 2 to where we're at now, there's meter on meter on bar on bar on, like, ultras and this and this. There's just so many things to, like, keep in mind. 
even Mortal Kombat adding the the assists here, the, the cameo fighters. Barrett, if you could bring the, the footage uh, up again, talking about how beautiful this game is. I love how clean the UI is, and from a gameplay perspective, there's health bars, there's the buttons to bring in the, the cameo fighters, and like that's essentially it. Like There's yep. not like a bazillion things to keep in mind. Like You have a little bar at the bottom left, but look how much of this screen is just the gameplay. It's so clean. I think it really adds to the readability of it from a gameplay perspective for players, but then also you guys talking about Evo, just being able to one day watch this i think it's yeah. just such I mean, a wise call that is and i think any might put it out during our um when we were actually playing it uh the fact that it, when you're watching this at evo for people who might not be familiar with mortal kombat you can easily kind of tell what's going on because the cameo fighters are representing these different elements you do a grab and the cameo fighters coming out oh, okay i understand what that is or you're you know stringing together moves or you're getting a combo breaker and your combo breaker is your um cameo fighter coming in and breaking the combo for you like i think that is gonna that is such a good thing for visual representation of following what is happening mo happening moment to moment and yeah to your point about the, the the bars right like you have your bar at the bottom which has been uh, there in many mortal Kombat games in the past right that is tied to your combo breaker that's tied to your ex moves and stuff or enhanced moves i forget which they call them in this one but you know that's tied to when you want to up you know upgrade your special move but then you have um in under your um health bar the meter that is telling you when your cameo is ready so it's not like you're out here just spamming your cameo moves you have to wait until that bar is half full and then you can call upon it. and using a cameo fighter will use half that bar and so those are the two things and i think it's simple i coming off of mortal kombat 11 one of the things that i didn't love about that game uh is the amount of different kinds of move sets you can do you can like you can like customize move sets and have the different fighting styles for the characters the characters seemingly only have their one fighting style and it is that and then the cameo fighters and those are that's what is adding the variation in your play style and i love that i prefer that i think that's more straightforward and less confusing and so i couldn't be more excited about mortal kombat one this was my biggest regret just like everybody shared <laughs> i was too shy to walk in there and oh, say Mikey. hi i'm mike i'd like to play the game and so i was too shy i wish i did because i really am excited for mortal kombat so so what one. did you get to play mike you know what tim i'm gonna take mine a little different direction i get to talk about my biggest surprise of the show and I think people saw it on the internet. It's foam stars, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Wild <laughs> stuff that I'm about to tell all of you because, man, oh, man, did we enjoy just absolutely dunking on Square Enix. Square Enix this, NFTs that. This is freaking uh, Squidbillies. What's that game called? Squidbillies. Platoon <laughs> <laughs> at home, right? Let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. Joey, make a shirt. Hands <laughs> on on the sticks of foam stars was surprisingly a ton of fun. And you know, we just talked about it during our live reacts to the Ubisoft showcase with X Defiant, right? The shooter genre is so filled. No matter where you want to be, a hero shooter, team arena, battle royale, extraction, whatever. We have a dime a dozen of these video games come out. And this game right here, you think to yourself, man, it looks like Splatoon. It can't be any good. No way. Surprisingly, this is a fun and engaging team arena shooter that we had a blast with i know greg and tim joined me on mine and it is always made better with friends but what i was really impressed with is it takes what makes of course platoon fun with the kind of painting the whole arena and using that for enhanced movement abilities because you're riding on top of the phone but taking that vertical right mm -hmm. something you don't see in splatoon where we were able to build up bases or walls to kind of block off the other team or use it to gain height and get height advantages on them. It was a really fun time in this arena. 
Each one of the characters were all unique and different. You can clearly see they put a lot of love and care into, hey, what's the aesthetic of this character? What's their theme? What's their vibe? Oh, what kind of gun do they use? What kind of supers and powers do they all have? Because each one has a unique ability, unique gun, and a special move tied to them. And everyone does a different role, which is really impressive and fun. And the gameplay that they showed us, the game mode, is very similar to a team deathmatch, but... It was more of an elimination death match where we counted down from nine total kills down to one. And once you got to the other team to zero, one of their players became the superstar. And what happened was is the three other players that weren't the superstars need to protect their superstar. And on the flip side, if you are the superstar, which is the MVP of the team right now, gets an added buff. They have a little more health. They do a little more damage. And the goal is essentially to protect this VIP while also still killing the other team, getting them down to the VIP, and the winner is whoever kills that VIP superstar. And I was blown away by how you take that team deathmatch and just flip it on its head, do something a little different. And it made for a really fun and engaging time. And I think the internet has seen it. There's been tweets There's from other pundits out there that said, wow, this really surprised me. I'm walking away going, man, Square, you're bringing something fun and different into the genre. And that's something where I look at games like X Define and it's like, oh, just... It doesn't do anything fun. And when you bring in the fun, you get that little added boost that separates you from the pack. And that's what this team did. There are those kind of games that I don't think show well necessarily and don't you don't get it till you get your hands on your sticks. I feel like this is one of them. We all saw Foam Stars at the reveal with PlayStation Showcase, right? Uh, and then it was that idea of immediately the joke started of Splatoon. Sure, there was that great hard drive tweet i think it was that it was like they shut it down and like the, the they, they've already shut down the foam star th uh servers Service. because the president was like we're just gonna do it six months anyway might as well get it out of the way now getting in there and playing it i had a lot of fun with it i it, it didn't make me go i'm going pro and foam, foam stars or i'm gonna go into it but i could we're definitely have great streams with it i could definitely see an audience building around it it was deeper than just spray the foam and take over the map which was what it seemed like right it was interesting of Trying to, they had the characters that were available laid out with their special moves and their different abilities, their different guns. Learn that. How do you do that? I jumped around until I found somebody and stuck with them, at, you know, match after match, so I could kind of get it all together and piece together. But I still those uh, moments that come with any kind of game like this, a frustration of like, oh man, like I thought I was going to go a little bit further on this, but I didn't because, and that's me needing to learn it if I want to and get into it. But I, I was pleasantly surprised by Foam Stars. I think it was the biggest surprise of the show. We looked at that and we're like, that's probably going to be a three or four out of 10 at best. And honestly playing it, I was like, I think it's a seven at minimum. I, I think that like, that's the, the starting base for this one where, uh, you know, we've been covering video games a long time. We've done a lot of different events and there have been a handful of times where uh, it's usually Greg and I being involved in some type of demo that behind the scenes is such a curated experience of we have a squad against another squad we have people around us hyping us up kind of yelling at us what to do and it, it enhances the experience of like all right that was super fun but when we don't have that is that game still going to hold up this is one that i'm kind of in the middle on there where i'm like the experience definitely made it so damn good and fun and i was getting my ass kicked i got separated from my squad here <laughs> y'all decided to team up with uh with jake uh and, jake and the completionist uh, jake baldino and the completionist Beatable team. Yeah, Jake Baldino, mm -hmm. the completion is Greg Miller and Snowbike Mike <laughs> versus me and other people. Uh, and they <laughs> did not hesitate to talk shit every <laughs> oh, second God. of the it's way. So I felt so bad because one of Tim's partners was a Famitsu reporter who had a translator. <laughs> so it's just me leaning over the screen yelling. I have videos of me yelling at Tim. <laughs> how much he sucks. I want you guys to stars. understand this. <laughs> 
Andy, you specifically, all right? <laughs> I'm trying my best to wrap my head around this, get it going, work <laughs> with the team here. They got it. They're dialed in. They're destroying us. Game after game, though, we played, I think, like six rounds or yeah, something like that. Yeah, we played a good amount, yeah. Y'all sweeped us. We didn't win a single one, but we did get closer and closer. Like, there was some real close matches, and we were starting to get together. But I am trying to lead our, our side against you Assholes. Maniac. <laughs> and I'm just like trying to be like, all right, hey, let's do this. You do this. You do this. I have someone translating what I'm saying. It's like, this is a disaster. That's Greg's so yelling all this shit across at me. I've been the trans. Let's go. So Greg's yelling all this shit at me, and I hear this poor woman translating what Greg's saying to me. That's so fucking funny. All right. What's funny is I met I met the Famitsu reporter and the translator just at the, on the Summer Game Fest floor, and they couldn't be nicer people. Straight well, up. They shouldn't, but, have, they shouldn't have been my enemy. They shouldn't have been my enemy yep. that day. We all had so much fun. Even when we were losing, it was this thing of like, ah, oh, cool. And like, it was so good. Like, looking to my right, I, I uh, forget the, the names and the outlet of the people next to me, but I was just like, we got to try this. And like, hey, let's try this. And the next game, we got better, and it was fun. And there was a thing of like, we got it. We got more kills that time. We didn't quite win. People are calling us assholes. But, hey, it was a good time. <laughs> Bowman Stars was a major, major surprise. And I yeah. do think that um, if they get some things right, I don't know if they've talked. They haven't talked release date. I don't know if they've talked pricing and any of that stuff. I do think that's going to be the defining factor yes. on where this thing goes. But um, utterly surprised. At that. And we're not alone. Every single person that played it there kind of had the exact same vibe we, we have here so yeah I, I want everybody to circle this keep an eye on this one right price will dictate this of course release date content as well but like this is something when i see this release date i'm gonna be playing this checking it out because i had a really good time with mike it. walked out and i was like so did you become a foam star he's like oh my god i dominated him dude <laughs> he did he it was did. true he really did. like there were so many moments in this we got on the ropes that one time yeah, dude, that yeah, last yeah. match we we're like this is for all of it we got down to our star yeah superstar for superstar i was the superstar every time just or, or most of the time most of the time there was like maybe one that i wasn't but um there was a moment i was just alone and i see all four of them as a group coming at me and i'm like <laughs> Oh, this is my hell. This is my hell. You know what's not my hell? Viewfinder. Oh. All right. So, oh. Andy Cortez first told me about this game a couple months back after uh, GDC and showed us a trailer. And I'm like, oh, damn. That looks special. That looks good. There's a demo out right now on PlayStation 5. This game's coming out in July. I kind of feel weird leading off this whole thing with the, something so imminent and something that is a smaller indie title from Thunderful Games. I got to let y'all know, playing it, is so much better than watching it even was and i was already sold on this game you take it, it's essentially a portal style puzzle game it's first person but you're pulling up these pictures and you use perspective to kind of place the pictures you can then move into the pictures extremely hard to explain but the moment you see it you're like oh i totally get it here having said that seeing it and believing it are completely different things and i can't believe it after playing it every really? single time it feels like magic it's totally this thing of i i see it i'm like i know exactly what i need to do when you enter into it and you're moving the camera around and you're like whoa that was as seamless as you thought it should be it's the most impressive thing that i think i've seen in gaming and it is immediately easy to show why it's impressive and it's uh yeah again it's one of those things where you, we first watched a trailer and i thought Wow, that's really cool and inventive. Let's see if it actually works like that in gameplay. And it does. And it is, it's astounding. It's its legitimately like, this is tech magic that I don't know how the hell it's being pulled off. This is 
tech magic is such a great way to put it where it's like this is the ultimate tech demo that's so much more than that because it's a game it's a real game and playing through it i can't wait to play more and there was multiple moments where in the early stuff, I was playing real early, and I was still being wowed by things, but they, you start to learn the mechanics super well, super fast, uh, going into the world and all that, but then eventually they flip it up on you, and it's like, there's a platform here and a platform here. Clearly, I need to find a way up, and there's a picture of, like, a, a two-by-four, essentially, and then you take it, and I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to rotate it, and that'll make sense, and like, oh, wait, no, it doesn't connect. You move back, and because of perspective, that two-by-four now becomes... A 20 by 40 feet. Yeah, like superliminal like, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like superliminal. But I feel like the way that this works where um, the, you get involved in the, okay, I'm essentially creating portals or doors into other uh, worlds, but then they're also adding the superliminal kind of like perspective uh, gameplay and then mixing those two seamlessly. Oh, my God, man. And then there's like there's one thing that I was like, oh, they want me to do this, but it's not going to work. Oh, my God, it works, and that's exactly what they wanted wow. to do. There's like it's a picture with like floor and a wall with another picture on it, and you can take that, and then because there's a picture in the picture, oh, God. you can do it again, you can do it again, you can do it again. It's like the infinite mirror thing, and it was just like, oh, this is just so cool. I, y'all, if you have a PS5, download this demo right now. It, do you know, it's, so it is the same demo that's out right now? I don't know. I don't know okay. that. I just know that there is a demo, um, but I was very extremely impressed when people would walk up to me at summer game fest like what do you recommend i try i was like this is the that was me at gdc yeah <laughs> walking around at gdc was like you have to go go downstairs now and go play the the viewfinder demo it is it's insane that it works in the way that you would think that now nah, this would likely break the game um you see a gigantic gap in between you and the place you have to get to how do i go there there's there's no floor here but then you look above you floor. You look above you and there's an overhang and it's like, well, I can't climb, like whatever. So I take a photo of the overhang and then the little Polaroid comes out and you hold up the Polaroid. And if I spin it 180 degrees, now that overhang is a bridge. And that becomes the way that thing that uh, connects me to the other place. It is, it's insane to, like, everybody needs to at least watch the trailer to fully understand what we're trying to describe because it's, uh, it's a tough sell to just talk to people about. Yeah. I was embarrassed at the way that I was acting and the sounds that I was making during this game. <laughs> I think it's the type of thing. Where, <laughs> I think it's the type of thing that if there was a, a camera on me and all that had been recorded, it would have been cut into you one, of those, the trailer. one of those trailers. Because I'm literally just like, with the, with the dev, I'm just like playing, playing, playing. I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, wait, can I do this thing? And I do it. And then I'm, I'm like, what? Like, that, how did that work? Like, I was so just invested in this, like, experience. I am blown away by it. Absolutely. Uh, I want to keep talking about other things that blew us away, and we're going to do that after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon and Summer Game Fest. We are in an absolutely stacked year of video game releases, and you can find all of them on Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. I hope that you found a spare few hundred hours to play all the amazing games that have come out this year already. Gamers have been eating good this year, but this is the only place you want to be. Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. Because guess what? This summer, there's going to be even more exciting announcements coming through of so many more video games that are about to be on all of your favorite consoles like Final Fantasy 16, Armored Core 6, Diablo 4, Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 1, Exo Primal, Assassin's Creed Mirage. <gasps> the list goes on and on. You can go to Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest all summer long to discover the top new and upcoming games as soon as they go up for pre-order. Or you can go check out 
the website now for everything you might have missed so far this year. Again, that's amazon.com slash summergamefest for all of your video game needs. Today's episode is sponsored by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. But did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it? That means if you go to add it on your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before the ad read is even over. You know how good it feels to check something off of your to-do list, so hey, Let's get to checking. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites out there. And when you check out, the Honey button appears and all that you have to do is click apply coupon. Kind of funny, he's been using Honey for years. It's literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, food, costumes, ton of stuff. Uh, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone too. You just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and you get to save on the go getting honey seriously only takes a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny we all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we do you know how much your subscriptions really cost most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions you might not even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and it helps lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money, and it can help you too. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finance in one place and it automatically can help categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny one more time rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny rocket money kind of funny <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Andy Cortez. Hey. What would you like to talk about? Hey, Tim. Um, I'd like to talk about Remnant from the Ashes 2. 2. And also the 2, the number 2 in it. Like, it's like a... Uh. It, it looks... It reminded me a lot of Killer Instinct. Like, the font mm -hmm. or whatever. Sure. sure. Um, I, me and my... I never played Remnant 1. I would never fully beat it. Mm -hmm. Me and Mike played Remnant 1 on a stream uh, several, several months ago. And immediately I knew, oh, this... Everybody was right. This is a... A third-person Souls-like shooter in that it is, it can be pretty punishing, and you have to be really good about dodging attacks at the right moment. It's why I loved the higher difficulty in Outriders, which is a very, very like mediocre game that I found a lot of fun in just because of the difficulty. Um, Remnant Two seems to be a pretty big improvement on the first one. This is a Third-person shooter that you can join with two other players if you want, or you could play it solo. This isn't one of those, like, but don't worry, you can also play it solo. Like, no, you actually can. This isn't one of those where the PR just kind of says that, so solo players don't have to feel uh, <laughs> wronged. Um, it's a lot of fun. 
the enemies are uh, really inventive and have great kind of boss patterns. It reminds me a lot of bosses in uh, Returnal, sort of knowing that pattern. I got to jump here. I got to dodge here. Switching between weapons, um, having a couple different classes. I think the game uh, is going to be an absolute blast. And one thing that they added here, which wasn't in part one, is that they added sort of like destiny style dungeons where it's it's not all just go do your shooty shoot stuff and it's gonna like kick you in the teeth every once in a while they added destiny style dungeons which also remind me of of dungeons in dark souls games where it is a bit of a little obstacle course and you can it's all optional and there might be a really really good awesome boss with an awesome prize at the end of it but you're going through these dungeons and uh, you have like the Indiana Jones style things where like the, the stuff is flying at you and you have to like, let me move to the left, move to the right. And now I'm against this wall. Let me duck for a bit. All right. Those blades passed above me. Now I can move and it gets super, super challenging in a way that's going to be really frustrating. But that's the frustration that I like with these games is like, <laughs> I'm going to conquer this stuff because I am, you know, just, I love the pain and the uh, getting really, really frustrated with uh, those sort of mechanics, but it looks gorgeous. And I, I had a blast with it. I unfortunately didn't get, I wasn't able to do the three-player demo, Mike. Oh, yes, I played single-player as well. Okay. So they were, all of the stations were not connected to play three. Gotcha. Uh, we were all single-player no matter where you were, so. What did you think of it, Mike? I, I had a blast with it. Like Andy said, I have played Remnant 1. I am excited as can be for Remnant 2. And like you said, it feels like we put a lot of detail into this. They addressed a lot of things. If you remember you, me, and Nick, when we would go back to that hub and we'd try to sell things or upgrade things and we'd have to wait one at a time, guess what? No more of that. Everybody now can handle oh, that. Lovely. And they did a really good job. I mean, from the enemy types, like Andy said, to how they come onto the screen, right? We're so used to just like generic soldiers walking back and forth or standing around. When we were playing through our demo, you would see these ugly looking gopher things come out of trees <laughs> and un from the ground right and it was like they just popped onto the screen instead of walking around and just being there which i really enjoyed and man oh man animations are great and awesome right but they also dived a lot more into archetypes right like when we first started playing that they didn't have i wouldn't say super defined archetypes but like there was three that you could go with now there's five and like they all bring something unique and different, but they blend as well. You can put any gun on any sort of character you have. So you could, big the, you could be the big brute with the, the auto shotgun. But if you don't want that auto shotgun, grab a sniper rifle. Be that guy, right? And each one brings something different to the table that can benefit yourself and benefit the team. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I was really blown away. Like Andy said, like, this is a full-fledged sequel. This is, yeah. hey, we spent a lot of time on elevating what we had and making it even bigger and badder. So I'm pumped for this. It's, what you, it's what you want. It's like that next sort of evolution that you're looking for from a title like this. Uh, but yeah, it's really cool that you can have an ultimate ability that might do crazy damage. But if you're playing with friends, change your ultimate to be your AOE heal. And sure. now your friends can kind of heal with you. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like they've kind of just addressed everything they needed to from the first one. It's going to be a blast. And I enjoy the visuals a lot more this time around. I felt like the initial remnant, maybe maybe because we didn't get too far, but very brown, very bland. It looks super colorful now, um, depending on obviously the region you're in. But I think art, uh, when it comes to just the aesthetic that they're trying to go for, super demonic, gross-looking shit, but in a fun way that isn't just bland and gross-looking. Great.
Back to you. Uh, I would like to cheat a little bit here and do a game that wasn't at SGF, but came in the wake of SGF. So it was a preview of an I went to beforehand that then got caught up in, we didn't talk about it because we were going to SGF. So I'm counting it because SGF includes everything, not just there. Mm. And I want to talk about RoboCop Rogue City. Whoa. I want you to know I took this demo on a lark. I was like, I'll do a PR person I know. I haven't seen them in a while. I'll go and do this. And I'm like, a RoboCop game. How much dog shit is this going to be? You it's know not I mean? Crime Boss Rock A City. It's not Crime Boss yeah. Rock A City. And it's, well, that, the whole point is that uh, I'm driving with this is that it's not bad. I started playing it, and like, of course, me and Nick are old, and we remember Robocop, and we like Robocop quite a bit, you know what I mean, for the dumb movies it was. But you say, how are you going to make Robocop into a game that's compelling, right? They made Robocop Fallout. It's a, fa- it's a RPG. Oh. It is a, 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 you walk around first person as Robocop earning experience points shooting bad guys to death there is an expansive skill tree there that you go in you like you get the level up do you want to level up i'm not I, I wrote them all down it looks gorgeous too combat or combat armor vitality engineering focus scanning deduction psychology jesus I mean, like, well, great here's the thing you said dumb movies is it robocop i've never seen it but from the way nick talks about it it sounds like unironically robocop one is, yeah. is like supposed to be like a really actually good movie i mean it's an action movie yeah it's an action. 80s action I, okay movie. i thought uh, the, all these things you're saying feel more aligned with how nick talks about it, but it's nick. you know how nick talks about yeah. 80s action movies <laughs> you know what i mean so when i jumped in like the first thing that got to me was like oh man bad lip sync in the cut scene okay this is interesting whatever blah blah and it's like then it's just walking into these environments as robocop so you walk very thunk 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 and you've got the cool robocop gun and you shoot and i was like all right and then as i kept going i was like Damn, am I starting to enjoy this? Like, am I unironically enjoying it? And one of the things I think that helps it out is that they are making a game of what, like, you know, right there, uh, Gene Jacket says, that's bullshit, RoboCop is a legitimately great movie. I was a kid when I watched RoboCop, so I can't tell you if it's good or not. And it, I enjoyed it. I love fucking RoboCop, man. That's awesome. Let's go through it. But it was an action movie, right? But it did have a great sense of humor, I remember that. And that this game so far has that as well. Where again, you're walking around the goddamn police office and you're picking up side quests. <laughs> There's one where they want you to just literally go to the go to the fucking front podium and talk to people as they come in to make their complaints. You're just doing police work as Robocop. Then there was another one where <laughs> it was like, cool. I, my notes are, you know, jotted down in all crazy order, but it was like, you know, go after this drug dealer or whatever, right? You gotta do talk to this drug dealer. So you went to a phone booth and you called the drug dealer and then you pretend not to be RoboCop talking to the drug dealer and the guy's like, is this RoboCop? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not RoboCop. He's like, yeah, you are RoboCop. Like, I'll never tell you where I am. And then you hear his door get kicked in and people are like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh God, RoboCop, come help me. <laughs> so then you run over to his apartment and you get there and he's gone, right? So then you have to like go into detective mode RoboCop and you're looking around at all the clues, trying to figure it out. You piece it together that he's upstairs or whatever. You go upstairs, right? And you open the door and you get to listen in on this conversation of these other drug dealers coming after this drug dealer. He's up on the corner and they're like the drug dealers that are attacking him are shamelessly explaining supply and demand economics to him like in high level like high level like they are economists and the other drug dealers like what are you talking about woman he's like well that's what we call disrupting the market and that's bad for everybody but what it's like fucking kill all them you know what i mean it's like there's something about it i there's another game i want to talk about but when i get to it i'm gonna use the same term there's something endearing about it where again is it going to be a nine or an 8.5? No, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be a really enjoyable, quirky, funny game or whatever that also, depending on how you level up, because you're walking up to stuff and it is like, 
you can take on this multiple ways and multiple dialogue options, but just like Fallout, you didn't invest in your deduction skills. So you can't use that or you can't do this. Or if you had done tech, you could, you know, operate on this. But then like the combat itself was, it's again, Robocop. It's very stiff and very much like Robocop would aim, which of course could be a huge turnoff to some people, but in a Robocop RPG, I guess, I was like, hell, I'm enjoying that fine and like shooting him and the gun's cool just like it is in the movie. But then it's also the thing of, at one point in the demo, I walked over and like, I'm in a high rise office building. I pick up a monitor and it's like, do you want to throw it? And I'm like, sure. And I just fucking throw it out the goddamn window of this high rise office building. It falls. And the guy comes up and tells me on the show. He's like, you can do that to the bad guys too. And I was like, oh, so like this guy's shooting me and I'm just taking the damage and grab and just fucking throw him through the window. And I'm like, damn, RoboCop. All right. And like, you know, I'm shooting water jugs and like the water's coming out of the sides and you're shooting shit and it's exploding. Like it's all dicks you shoot off. I, there was no dick shootout thing that I got See? there. Well, I told somebody else about the game, and that was the first thing they asked me, too. Of like, are you shooting dicks off? And I'm like, I didn't get there. But they do, similar to the dick shooting off moment in the movie, right? Like, there were a couple points where missions build and build and build, and then you, like, have to breach a door, and you kick it in, and it's like they have a hostage, and it does go slow-mo. And so it is, like, shoot all of them to save the hostage or whatever. But I didn't I, shoot I, anybody in the dick. I sent Barrett the gameplay preview overview that – PlayStation posted on their YouTube because I saw a lot of clips on Twitter. Yeah. And I, in similar ways to, you know, how much I love when these newer Star Wars movies came out and used all of the old school tech. Yeah. That's super present in a lot of what the gameplay here looks like. Whenever you are, you scan a room and then you see like the horizontal and the vertical line kind of scanning the yeah. room and yeah, it yeah, finds yeah. somebody. I think they did a great job with what we'd expect it to look like as walking around as you really feel like RoboCop in this game. Yeah. Um, I, I just think they really nailed the UI and the overall look of it. And I think it's, I think it's gorgeous. Like based on what a lot of these interiors look like, the lighting, it reminds me a lot of what really impressed us of like what cyberpunk looked like. Um, yeah. I think it, it certainly surprised me a lot more when you told me about it, when you told me you're going to this yeah. demo, I was like, okay, that sounds weird as hell. And then I think I saw, it may have been Mike Minotti talking about it on <laughs> on Twitter. I saw actual gameplay clips and thought, holy shit, this actually looks pretty good. So. It looks like it's going to be a, a, an enjoyable game. The, I, the one thing I talked about, like, so, so it's like not open world, but it's open area. So like you got like the place you're in right now. When you walk out, like you can then walk around that section of the city and there are more stops. And like, that's the thing. It's over the top violence like RoboCop is. It's all the stuff. Spin your gun like it is like. I, I I am I am excited for it. <laughs> like no no cap. I'm excited. Like I think yeah, I'm for real for real. It's yeah, a twenty hour I said how long, you know how it is, could be anything, right? They were like, we think of it as a twenty hour uh main line. If you rushed, it could be ten. Like how much side stuff do you want to do? Where do you want to go with it? Like I'm excited to just walk around and blast the shit out of people with the Robocop. And again, go to the complaint desk and stand there and they come and you get to choose your response, which then chooses like what missions and kind of stuff you'll get. It's it's goofy as hell. I wanna take that opportunity to segue something else that was goofy disney illusion island i was gonna segue to it just from the most violent thing ever to not but you set me up with the goofy there <laughs> uh, i want to talk about this game a little bit we've seen it uh, a couple times it was announced by a very handsome gentleman last year at the uh, marvel D- d23 disney show uh, it was blessing and um i've been excited for it ever since this is a four-player platformer game uh featuring mickey Minnie, goofy and donald um it looks very 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 much like the uh, rayman origins and rayman legends um four-player co-op style of platformer, but I was very surprised at what this game actually is because it is actually less that and more of a Metroidvania. 
Um, it is a very, very big world. Like, I don't know if this uh, shows the map at all in, in part in the, the, the trailer, but you go into the map and it's this big, like, Metroid-style world that you're traversing through. Um, there's no combat at all. It's all just platforming. There are boss fights you get into, but you fight the bosses using the environment and using platforming to be able to kind of like open things up that drop stuff on the enemies and, and you know, things like that. Um, but for anybody looking at this, it's utterly gorgeous. The animation is just so fluid and the peop the team making this game cares so much about the little things. It's voiced by all the actors that are actually the, the voice actors of these characters, um, including Goofy, who's been the voice of Goofy since the very beginning. Um, so it's really- Is he the one cool. who lied about the uh, Kingdom Hearts release date? hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never forget. Uh, but yeah, like uh, the, the music in this game, it is fully orchestrated. Every single thing fully orchestrated. It's in the style of the Disney parks. Like it's, it's Disney, man, but they're kind of just nailing all the vibes there. But one of the things that impressed me so much was um, the, the the man giving me the demo is like one of the, the leads on this game, uh, if not the head lead on it. And they also worked on Battletoads on Xbox. And that game, you know. It, it, Tim, that was a good game. Just yeah, didn't have it, online co-op. And that, that's the thing. The, the, the problems we have with that game were either inherent to it's a remake of a game from 1980s that was already kind of a joke in some ways. And then also... Like it was things like no online co-op or whatever, but the game itself, the animation, the the style, incredible, right? Um, so applying all that to this is so cool. But the they're saying that so each character plays exactly the same. Like there's no differences. Donald doesn't have this versus that with Goofy and any of that stuff. They're all playing exactly the same, but they're all animated completely differently, and they, they each have their own character in that. And uh, he was saying that Mickey's like a bouncing ball, Donald's like a slingshot, Minnie's like a paper airplane, and Goofy's like a slinky. And the moment mm. he said that, I'm looking at the characters, I'm like, wow, you really Smart. see that? And it's just like adds so much character to something like this where, honestly, this game is as difficult as it looks, right? This is not going to be something that the Souls people out there are going to be that excited about. Even Metroidvania people traditionally are going to be that excited Cuphead. about. Um, definitely not Cuphead. But... I think it's very damn cool that a Metroidvania is being designed for kids, for families, to be able to have them be able to play something and, and like learn the value and, and amazingness that Metroidvanias can be. And it's very impressive. Like This is a very high-quality game that I think that they are getting everything right that they are uh, going for here. And there's so much uh, approachability options when it comes to making it even easier for people. Um, and I, I was just very um, impressed overall with how the game played, how it looked, and the the place that it takes up in the industry at this point. Like this, this game, I think, is important. It's coming to Switch, and I just was very, very happy to see in 2023 a disney platformer that doesn't just feel like ah, oh, we're doing this because we have the license it feels like can we get the license to make this game and then they're doing that so i was i was very impressed did any of you guys get to play it at all no i looked at it every single day i yeah. I, I walked by that booth probably a hundred times and just stopped and stared at it so many i, I wanted to yeah it's uh coming very soon july 28th 2023 um but yeah i definitely think that if if you look at that game and you're like that looks cool definitely give it a shot it's as good as it looks Plus, I want to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 Ooh. Phantom Liberty. Oh, man. Yeah. So this is a fun one. Um, there are three different demos that you could do for this game. Uh, they had the behind closed doors demo, which is about like an hour and a half long. They had Ow. they then had um, a version of the demo that was on the Summer Game Fest 4. Um, and you could do like an hour long demo or a half hour long demo. The one I did was like the medium demo, right? I ended up not doing the, the one that was behind closed doors because that required 
driving off site and because of schedules didn't want to do all that I, uh, I i did the 10 minute demo even though it wasn't scheduled for me i basically walked up because on the right side there they had like the full path tracing version and i was like oh uh trish hershberger she's um, let, let me go say hi to trish and then they were like actually we have like an open spot if you want to do the super short one i was like let's mm -hmm. fucking do it yeah and so the the fun the funny thing slash interesting thing about previewing a dlc is that you know playing an hour of a game that you played 30 hours of already <laughs> it's like how much more am i going to say about it is more thing? cyberpunk it is more cyberpunk right and i think that's where my preview of it starts where you know i got my hands on the controller what was really cool is that at the station we had um first thing they asked was hey what do you want to play it on and i'm like playstation and i'm like all right cool come over here i'm like oh that's different from what how, how you've done cyberpunk stuff in the past where you know leading into the whole you know launch of it it was hey you're gonna preview it on pc hey on for review builds we have one pc code for you and that's it right the fact that at that station already they had ps5 uh, xbox and pc available already we're off to a, a good start and i sit down i start playing it and at first i am like man this is more cyberpunk but the more and more i played it the more and more i was like huh this actually seems, am I crazy or does this seem like it's revamped in a lot of ways, right? Like I am looking at um, the starting area of the game, which is called Dogtown of the uh, the DLC, which is, you know, new for the DLC. It's like the sealed off zone in the game. You get there and I am having that feeling. You know, we talked about um, Star Wars a bit earlier during our Ubisoft reaction and how, man, the art style of the world and how alive it feels when you just look around seems really cool i'm having that experience in the dlc which i had in the original game as well but even more so just in dogtown where i'm walking through and i'm seeing people you know live their lives doing things and i'm following my objective path but then i stop because i'm like wait these guys are having a really interesting conversation here let me go and listen into the, what this is i am getting that feeling from the get-go here and there's something about it visually that was popping even more than what i felt out of og cyberpunk mm -hmm. The more I play, you know, the, um, I, I walk through, I get into some combat scenarios. There's one scenario where it is, hey, do you want to go, go straight into combat or do you want to stealth around? And I went straight into combat. I died and I was like, you know what? Well, let me try stealth. And then I went half stealth and then eventually went into combat. But even the combat itself felt a bit more, it felt a bit more involved. Like the AI felt more, felt smarter. The AI felt a bit more revamped, right? And like the more I played this, this DLC, the more this game felt like more than just here's additional cyberpunk content. And I want to get into that in a second, but talking about the story and the setting of what cyberpunk 2077 is, right? Like or for, for, for what Phantom Liberty is the, the premise of it is you're basically hanging out with the president of the new United States. Oh yeah. There's a point in which you are, you're, you know, you get a call, you come to Dogtown, you do all this stuff. And then you're at the top of the stadium area. And then you look up and you see a big uh, plane flying over space the sky. Force one. Yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. You're that's, what call, that's what they call oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then yeah, yeah. you're saying space force, force one fly over the sky and then it crashes and it crashes like right into Dogtown. So that then turns into a mission of you going and saving the president. And then you get there and you do it. And then, you know, there are moments in the demo I won't talk about. Some of the stuff they even skipped because they wanted to keep it um, spoiler free. And so for the stuff I'm telling, I'm telling you about the story, it's stuff that they'd want me to tell you. And so don't worry about that. Um, but they, I fast forward to a moment in the, in the game to where we're just hanging out. Uh, I'm, I'm hanging out with the president, right, as V. And, you know, we're in an apartment. We, um, we go to sleep and then the apartment gets broken into by these two dudes. And then it turns into like this stick up sort of situation or like this, um, like standoff sort of situation where you're talking to the, to these two dudes who broke in and, um, the president is going back and forth and it seems like things are about to get hairy. And so I'm like, you know what, let me just pull up my gun and see what happens. I pull up my gun and then immediately like 
everything changes. I get a new dialogue option that is like, hey, stand down, right? And it feels so reactive and it felt cool that, man, they they predicted that I was going to do that. Like they they added in this additional option for if I want to like inv uh, be involved in the stick up sort of scenario. So that was cool. But yeah, like the story premise of this whole thing, the, the, the way they're setting it, I'm already into like the hour that I played of this game passed by real quick. And I was kind of sad that I, um, uh, that it felt like it ended so quickly. But the thing I want to throw in here is this, because of course, like I said, there is the hour long demo that I did. And then, then there was like a, a demo that you can do where you got more out of it with that those people also got to interview the devs and talk to the devs. And I want to pull a, an excerpt from VGC because they did that extended uh, demo, got to talk to the devs, and they talked about some stuff that they weren't really talking about in any of the other uh, marketing lead up to the game. And so VGC in their excerpt reads, reads like this. According to creative director uh, Powell Sasko, virtually no system of the original game has been left untouched. The designer told VGC that before he departs for a new adventure in the USA, establishing the team who will one day create a sequel, he's determined to leave the original game, famously criticized at launch, in the best shape that he can. Quote, the biggest ones are the perk and skill trees, which have been rebuilt completely, and the next one is we've added in vehicle combat, which enables new car chases. We've also greatly expanded AI and completely redone the police system, which is rebuilt from the ground up and now has multiple levels with archetypes of enemies who will chase you. It's also different in Dogtown compared to Night City. And I was talking to somebody who mentioned that, like, when you get to the top of the wanted system, when you get, like, basically a full five stars, like the SWAT will will straight up come after you. It's not called SWAT. There's a cyberpunk name for it, but like they are actually make, putting they, in way more effort. They drop in from these like drop ships, and they are like big, heavy, yeah. dude, heavy armored dudes. Like it is. And it basically turns awesome. into a boss fight, which yeah. is really cool. But then the VGC article continues. Quote: We've also redone the loop and whole progression of the game. The difficulty curve is different. The tire, uh, the tiers and drops of loot is different. The archetypes of enemies has been redone for more variety. Th those are the core things that we've changed. And if you look into it, there are very few systems that we didn't change or update. Even the UI and UX have been greatly updated. We also looked at criticism, for example, of the open world. When you play the base game versus Phantom Liberty, you will see the difference. For example, there are car chases that happen dynamically when factions fight. AI improvements mostly extends to enemies. Your followers, like you saw with Agent Reed in the demo, can also use it, but pedestrians are mostly bug fixes. And, like, they're going in and really actually revamping and redoing a lot of the systems in the game. And just for, for my short time playing, I felt that. I was like, damn, the, the AI, fighting this AI actually feels different. And sure enough, yeah, they've gone in and redone all that stuff. And that right there is the thing I'm most excited about, honestly, even more so than the content of the DLC. I really just want to go in and play Cyberpunk again and see, all right, how different of a game is this and like you know like can i just exist in the world in the way that you wanted me to originally like is this the cyberpunk 2077 we all wanted that is more the thing i'm now excited about to to go in and see so excited to hop back in yeah i watched uh, over the shoulder and and talked to some folks over there while it was happening but i only asked specific things did they talk to you during your demo bless of how long it is like what and i know that's always such a loaded question but mm -hmm. like oh you know one of the questions we asked live on one of the reaction streams about it yeah at the xbox one right yeah. uh we had radic uh, live watching and he was able to say no no this is like the witcher thing right you're able to just drop in it's going to be you know its own separate experience you can have a character you can not have a character whatever did they talk about how much content is it is it mm -hmm. sadly i didn't get to talk to them okay. that much but radic, when you're I, watching right now we need to know that as well when i first started <laughs> uh, the person who sat me down at the thing um gave me like a few sentences of hey like this is uh, the new expansion they specifically specifically went out of their way to say this is expansion not dlc 
And gotcha. so that reads as, hey, this is going to be a lot. You're going to get a lot out of this. And, and we've seen price leaks for it as well. And I feel like mm. I. $30, right? Yeah. And I don't think it's never felt like CD Projekt Red is the type to charge for something unless they really felt like it was going to be a, a larger expansion. Like, I feel like we've had free DLC drops in the past and, you know, this one feels substantial in my time playing i didn't even get to idris elba you know like i played for an hour and i was enjoying it and i got into the open world thing and i got to a part where it's all right you need to get into this building and there were multiple multiple different ways based on your skill tree or based how based on how you wanted to puzzle solve that you can get in there and like it it felt like there was a lot to it right in terms of really cool things that they were pushing to Excited. really make this expansion feel you know, full and cool. And yeah, I didn't get to Idris. And I'm all sad about that. Radix in chat, and he said my lips are sealed. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'd expect Radix. it's going to be pretty large. I love that. Thank you, Radix. I have one quick thing I just want to say. Um, I, I Back at GDC, we had the folks here from Agro Crab and Blessing got to play another Crab's Treasure. Yep. And I got to play the newer version of the demo and just was so saddened by what I've like they recently revealed that hey it's getting delayed and that really bummed me out but I totally understand it's a very very small team this game like I'm so happy I was able to play it and I am so looking forward to it it is a very very cute little game where you're a crab and you're playing what okay. is essentially a punishing souls like game and how it's so freaking fun when you're in the midst of a very very uh tense battle around the world there are uh, these shells that you could put on your back because crabs, you know, wear shells. They go into shells. But there's litter on the ground. There is uh, soda cans and each, uh, or a bottle cap or just some other piece of litter and anything that you could put on your back for armor. It gives you armor. It's breakable. But every piece of armor is also, uh, also comes with some sort of secondary attack or some sort of secondary ability. And... Maybe like the this item that I put on my back, a coffee mug, has really, really great um, defensive sort of, uh, it'll take a lot longer to break, but maybe the offensive ability it comes with isn't so great, right? Um, you go into your shell with LB, which is your block, and you can stay there and it'll you'll get hit and hit and hit and eventually it'll get broken. But if you pop out at the right time, that's your parry and that sort of stuns the enemy. Um, I was so, I, I was so sad that I couldn't go back to it because I had another appointment because I had tried the, the larger boss that they had, which is a different part of the demo. And I was like, I'm going to come back and fucking fight this guy. I'm having so much fun with it. Really, really fun designed boss fights, super creative, um, and like punishing, but in the way that I love and expect from these souls games. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to play the final product. This is like the real deal Souls like that I'm super stoked for. Remember when I was better at the demo on stream than Bless? Yep. Uh-huh, I remember that. I remember That's that. Crazy, those are two those are some good jabronis making that game. They're a lot of fun to be around and they got a dope game going on over there. Uh, I have some quick ones I can rattle off as well because I know we don't have much time. Capcom uh, coming up. Stampede Racing Royale. This is coming from the Sumo Lemmington team and this is a fun one. They said, "Mike, we know you like Fall Guys." Come try this game right here. And this is a kart racing battle royale that consists of three races per, we'll call it experience. And it will take you down from 60 players to 40 to 20, I, to ending I, on this. one. Yes, it, it, it was 
right up you and Barrett's alley is this will be a game that you guys will definitely like. And I had a fun time with this one. As you can see, of course, it's giving you that mod nascent racers kind of look and vibe of. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> that can be like, I just got a high heart rate thing <laughs> <laughs> going here. Fully customizable. A lot of fun custom customization here for your carts and your racer. And most importantly, Right now, they have three different races that they will launch with. Uh, it has a normal race of like three laps. It has a battle-style competition that you will eliminate other players, similar to Mario Kart Battles, in the middle of it. And then there's a short circuit. So there's three different game modes. Each time you play, let's say, the quote-unquote Battle Royale experience, they're going to mix and match those three, so it will never be the same flow, Ooh. never be the same, which was really impressive cool. stuff. And it is fun. It's exciting. I'm the first person I can hold this. First person outside the studio to ever win one of the cups. So I'm happy oh, to wow. say that. I'm happy to say I won. That was wow. a big deal. So shout out to this one. Keep an eye out for this one. If you like Fall Guys, if you like fun, <laughs> weird battle royales like me, uh, you will enjoy this one. It is uh, free to play. So that is very cool as well. Very so cool. keep that in mind. Well, and uh, no date, just uh, some no tests. Date. Uh, no date that I have right now written down. Going up next, I want to give a big shout out to the Super Mega Baseball 4 team. Now, this game has already been released last week, but I got to sit down with the team and really dive deep. And of course, if you know Super Mega Baseball, it is, you know, baseball to its finest, but it's not the big MLB baseball games that you would expect, right? This is a very fun animated style game that has a lot of heart and has a lot a lot of depth and the big one is is now they've teamed up with ea and they got mlb legends which is a big deal because before this didn't have the mlb license they didn't have mlb players now they've teamed up with the major league baseball players association they have gotten old school legends players and a whole lot of oh. them if you know this there's so many <laughs> Um, different legends you can make. They have different teams for different eras. Of course, Andy, I asked the age-old question. Do you have him? I said every... Kirby Puckett. Little League World Series, every player asks, what is your favorite player? And there's one name. And unfortunately, the team didn't know, but I know Andy knows. Who's that player, Andy? Are you talking backyard baseball? No, no. When we watch Little League World Series and they say, who's your favorite player? All the kids always have one name. Chipper Jones? Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones. Everyone <laughs> says Andrew Jones. And I'm happy to report they got Andrew Jones wow. in the game. That's a big deal, ladies and gentlemen, because he's a hero. What about the rest of the 90s Braves? Who oh, they got? my John Rocker in there? <laughs> no, no, not John Rocker, no. This game has a lot of depth to it, which is really the impressive stuff. It is family-friendly. It is easy to play and pick up whether you want to play three innings, six innings, all nine innings. If you want different game modes, whether it be just a season, a franchise, you want to jump into head-to-head -head online and really put your skills to the test. If you just want to pick up and play with your friends on the couch, this game has a lot of heart and a lot of depth, and I was impressed to talk with the team and really kind of peel back, because when you see it on the storefront, you go, is that for me? Is it not? Maybe I should just play MLB The Show. This game makes me want to jump in. And hearing what they got to do on this, I think it's really, really dope. So keep an eye out for that one. And then I do want to end my little small segment with a thank you to the Magic the Gathering team. I got to mm -hmm. sit down at the table and actually play 
Magic the Gathering and, of course, see the brand new set that's tied with Lord of the Rings. And it was really, really a special experience for me, of course. For all you Magic the Gathering fans out there, you already know that the Lord of the Rings collab is coming very, very soon. We got to play with the cards from that deck coming out soon. But most importantly for me, someone who buys a lot of cards but doesn't get to play a lot because I don't have any friends that play it and I'm too shy to walk into the storefront. I was teamed up with one of the Wizards of the Coast team members. They taught me how to play. They sat me down. We got to talk about, hey, all the, he's their new cards. Here's what they do. Let's play a match. And made me feel really comfortable and welcomed into this world. And I had a ton of fun with it. And it was when I walked out and looked at Andy right away and said, I played Magic the Gathering with a big <laughs> smile on my face. That's so awesome. thank you to that team, truly and honestly. Like, I know there's a lot of video games we're talking about, but it was cool to see Magic there and be able to sit down and like, touch the cards and play the cards. So shout out to that. Those are, I have so many more games, but I'll keep mine short. Tim, can you do a speed run? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to give a quick I mean, we shout got, out. Wait, 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 wait. We're running out of time. I got like 10 games left. Is this just part one? <laughs> might, I don't know when we're going to be able to get to a part two is the problem. But yeah, I'm with I you. Mean, like, I, got, I got at least one. I want a deeper what, what dive. The, oh, let, me, let me knock out a couple. What the hell's happening? Uh, yeah, well, we got to do a uh, part two because there's other stuff we can't talk about that's embargoed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are embargoed titles. Just so, go, boss. What do you got? Very quickly, I got Henry Halfhead. Uh, it's a cool indie game that I describe as a combination between a Mario Odyssey and like an Untitled Goose game. Uh, has a minimalist art style you're going through and you're basically playing as this character who is half a head like that is his, <laughs> his character you're going through uh, these levels and it has the levels have a checklist of things that they want you to accomplish and the ability ability that you have here and why compared to mario odyssey is that you can basically take over any item in the world and use that to fulfill whatever objective and so to give one example there was a level where i'm in a kitchen and the objectives were make a breakfast, uh, drink a refreshing beverage, you know, and stuff like that. And so to make breakfast, I hopped into a kitchen knife. I cut a piece of bread. I hopped into the bread and then I put the bread in the toaster and I turned up into the toaster and then I <laughs> toasted the bread and then I untoasted the bread and then I ate the bread, right? Like it's stuff like that, that really caught like it makes you have to get creative on how you're going to solve these things. Henry. <laughs> yeah. Really, really cool. Our saw really cute. Our saw I think is one to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm going to skip the game that I had a bad demo with. Uh, also keep it easy for later. I want to shout out to uh, escape Academy DLC. Escape Me too. The past. What did we do it once again? Yep. We got the record. Just like last year, SGF blessing and I set the speed run record for you, finishing bro. the demo. Nah, it was they say it to everybody. It. Man. No, they don't. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody getting it quicker than me and Greg because we were we went off to a great start. When we got off, we they literally to each other like this is how they, this is why they set the speed record last time. I'm not. I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I can't wait. <laughs> it makes me super excited to. I, I remember I reviewed that on PC. Never went back to PlayStation. I want to platinum on PlayStation and do the DLC because I missed the first expansion. Hell yeah! And then the last one I want to shout out that might turn into a little bit more of a conversation is Sonic Superstars. Thank you. Yes, Tim, do you want to take that? Let's start. Oh, uh, we can do it together. I mean, you start. I'm go for it. Oh man, man, I had such a good time playing this demo. Like it is most of what I want out of a Sonic game like this. That is brand new levels, giving you that classic Sonic gameplay that you want. It feels exactly like something like Sonic Mania in terms of gameplay. Like, the, not in terms of physics, in terms of the way every single way that moves the drop yep. dash. It's Sonic Mania gameplay. Exactly. Um, the new gimmicks are the new powers that you have, right? Where in the multiplayer stuff, which we didn't get to do, but in terms of the powers, you are when you get a Chaos Emerald that unlocks a new ability. The one I got in the demo is this ability that turns you into water. Uh, and when you do that, you can then climb up waterfalls, um, which um, 
pretty much opens up uh, new areas in the level. Uh, I thought that was really neat. I think that's a really cool idea, and it has me excited to unlock new abilities in future levels to see how that opens things up. Um, but man, yeah, everything about it is exactly the kind of Sonic stuff you want. The one, like my one thing, and it's not even on the game. It's more so of my personal desire and preference. Man, I would have loved for the soundtrack and the the art style of the game to be more adjacent to Sonic Mania because this feels like that you know modern uh, like polished version of Sonic that. You know, I get why they go there. I get I, I get that pixel art is hard, right? And this art style is probably even easier to do. And then I'm sure this appeals to a certain audience, especially like a new audience that wants to come in. But man, I wish that we got more of that, um, like that pixel art slash like T-Lopes type soundtrack kind of Sonic thing. That said, aside from that, I thought it was a fantastic time. I can't wait to play Sonic Superstars. It's everything I want out of it. It's utterly fantastic. I'm right there with you. This is Sonic pretty much at its best. The only reason it's not at its best is because it's not actually Mania 2. Level mm -hmm. design fantastic i was oh, playing yeah. it i'm like this is what we want um the abilities really kind of feel like they're playing into what makes the sonic games good which is not just hold right and jump it is kind of figuring out the right momentum and everything and i really love that um t lopes is involved with the soundtrack mm -hmm. but just involved with not like leading it up or anything so i think that that has a lot to do with how i exactly feel like just like you however the team that is making the music <sighs> is the team the that classic makes, uh not even just classic the like even the 3d ones and mm. stuff like it's it is authentically sonic it's just not some of my favorite things about sonic in every single way but in terms of the gameplay it is um i feel like the the four player stuff i i have no faith in at all we didn't get to play it but i yeah. don't think it's gonna work as i was playing i was like man how's that gonna work because you are speeding through some of these levels uh and if it's if you're supposed to be on the same screen I, I just want to see how it is in practice. But one thing one thing I do want to shout out are the mini games, the Great. bonus levels. So good. Great. Like they're new, they're fantastic, they're really fun. Um and yeah, like the the uh size of the levels and like how many different paths you have, you know, they do that they, they do exactly what you want out of that from Sonic, but it feels even more so where I really am taking all these different paths and I'm like, man, this level design is on another level like they know exactly what they're doing here with it and the feel of the game on another level i'd yep. say it's way closer to sonic mania than um even generations classic levels and i think that it is this is not sonic 4 this is not that like even though it looks like it it's not that at all it's way closer to mania uh jumping off of sonic to another platform i got to play a sonic game and a crash game at this trip which is like dream. not quite the full dream this is absolutely not the crash game i want i don't need to go too long on this i will say just like foam stars extremely surprised at how fun crash team rumble was it is going to be an mm -hmm. awesome stream for us to play yep. um it was it's not what you think. A lot of people looking at it it's like, oh, it's kind of like the name sounds like Smash Bros. Thought it was a MOBA, yeah. Oh no, it is a MOBA. It is a MOBA. I, I didn't get MOBA vibes. I didn't get the MOBA vibes actually. But it's I'm a 3D impressed. platformer MOBA. Yeah. It is a Crash Bandicoot MOBA. Um, I don't know if we can pull up gameplay real quick on this one, but even just seeing it for I a like second. I like the MOBA MOBA. I like the MOBA MOBA. He likes the MOBA. Yeah. So it, we had a lot of fun playing it. Madagascar, man, one DVD right now. Um, it was really. Really fun kind of uh playing through with the teams and it was another one of those ones like foam stars where i was like when the team was vibing together and me running around was crash it feels like you're playing crash but in a competitive way of collecting the wampa fruit getting it back to your base and it is that offense defense what are you going to do are you going to protect where you're at or are you going to go to try to score and i was like i can't wait to play this with mike like i really yeah. think that this is going to be a super fun stream that i could see us wanting to do more of so that's where i ended there i'll jump really quick i really liked this i was really blown away I know you say MOBA, but I think a lot of people immediately go to Smite. They go to League of Legends where you're in three lanes. You're fighting towers to the enemy nexus. This did not give that vibe. This was very much, we're in an arena. 
4v4, trying to collect these wampa fruits. You bring them back to your base to get the final number, right? And there's like a lot more depth to just that. You brought up different player types of, hey, are you the big bruiser that's supposed to either defend or go beat up on the other team over by their goal? Are you one of the quick, speedy characters to go grab these relics that will then change the gameplay as you're seeing right now on your screen with these big bumper balls, right? Or are you just crash, hopefully going to collect a bunch of wampa fruit and bringing it back? I didn't get full MOBA vibes, but I got, hey, this is a fun team arena vibe that I want to play with my friends. And that's what I think they needed to nail because I think a lot of people worried, oh, we're just in three lanes and you're top lane, I'm middle lane. Didn't feel like that at all. I had a blast. A $30 yep. game as well, <laughs> which I think goes a long way. Um, Greg, let's jump to you. I mean, you got five minutes left. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to sort of, what do you want? What do you want from me? You got right five now? minutes, Greg. You got five. You like, oh, it's just me now? Uh, I, mean, I guess, sorry, then real quick, there's an indie game called Haunty I want to give a shout out to. It was, do you have that on your list? No. Okay, cool. It was great. <laughs> like, I just, I want to make sure I at least give a shout out to Haunty. You should check it out. It's H-A-U-N-T-I-I. -I. Beautiful little game. Hand-drawn. Love it. Go for it, Greg. Uh, I mean, if we were just burning through the quick ones, right? Like, I want to give uh, Ate a shout out. This is the one that we saw in the uh, Day of the Devs presentation. It is a it, it, one where you run through and you paint and you put drop paint on stuff and it fills in all the colors of everything in the world or whatever. We've seen a lot of games like that, uh, and I'm not even talking. I'm not talking chicory because it sounds like I'm about to talk shit. We've seen a lot of games like that where that's just it. Okay, cool. You paint the world and like bring color back, and then you get a little story and you're done. This one has a cool feature of quests, which I really enjoy, where you run through the world, you drop the paint on these things. It then gets added to your art book of things you can create. You then run into people and they want you to make stuff artistically for them. You go back to your house, you go to your blank canvas, and you pick and choose from the things you've painted in to then put in and scale and spin and rotate in three dimensions to make your own individual or your your unique artwork. Really dug it. It's set up in Montreal. Full disclosure, it is a Pop Agenda represented game, so that's worth pointing out for this indie. Uh, and if you didn't know, my wife works at Pop Agenda, so that's why I would say that. Uh, but I really enjoyed my time with it. I'm super stoked to see it later. Um, now that you're back, Andy, the one I would say also to toss out here, Immortals of Avium. Uh, this is another one that I said I would call another game endearing, right? This is it. I think uh, every time we've seen Immortals in most presentations, I sit there and I go... Got the, it seems like it has the color scheme of Godfall, the powers of Ghostwire Tokyo. Some of the dialogue sounds like Forspoken. None of those games were great. So it's like a hard one. I'm like, what is this going to be? I went to EA and played this, and then they had the demo as well at SGF. Uh, I enjoyed my time with this. Uh, I thought there's actually something endearing about this. It does, at time, feel like a studio's first game. Uh, there's, you know, you're, you're jumping and double jumping in it, but you can't mantle, which just sounds fine. But as you can kind of see, your hand is always up, so there's a lot of weird ones where you hit the ledge and then fall down I'm like oh that's weird uh however those little gripes are offset by some really great set pieces the powers are fun to get going i enjoyed parts of the story at first i did feel like the character might be annoying uh and probably still have annoying moments but even in like the three hours i played the story progressed for i was like okay there's something interesting going on here for this magic shooter and there's a really endearing part with the general uh, i'm excited to see more of this and when i say excited again i'm not saying it's going to be an eight or a nine i'm saying it seems like in july when this comes out i'm I'm going to give it a shot and see if it actually lives up to what it could be. One of the things they said that I liked was, hey, we're trying to make an MCU movie. And I thought they, when they said that and contextualized that way, even their opening credits really drove home. I'm like, oh, okay. What do you got? I was going to say, uh, me and you are hosting Games Daily tomorrow. So we could even kick that off with a, a couple 
thoughts that you have for some games because I want to hear about Thirsty Suitors. That's a game I didn't get to play. Okay. So can we? You want to tease that for tomorrow? Maybe a couple others, and you want to talk about one more to close this out here? I like. I think Immortals was a nice, meaty one. Thirsty Suitors continues to be one of my big anticipated indies of the year. Super stoked, confident in that pick for the fantasy draft. Uh, great turn-based RPG. Really funny. Really colorful. Uh, you can skateboard in it, which was fun to do and stuff. Why is everybody eating suckers all of a Just sudden? Sucking on suckers over here. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> we are having to rush that because we're about to go right live into Capcom Showcase for Summer Game Fest 2023. See what they have to announce. Remember, uh, every single thing that we're talking about here, you can pre-order over on Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest to discover all the top new and upcoming games. Um, and uh, stay tuned. We're going to continue to dominate here. It's kind of funny as we talk about video games, movies, TV, all the great things that you love. Stay tuned if you're watching live for us to react to Capcom. Otherwise, we'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.